there's a there's a big there's a big confusion around these groups and i encourage people to actually go and look into what they believe because you'll be super super surprised um at how closely they are entrenched in american mm. in their americanness how closely they are entrenched entrenched in their um in their humanity and their oneness with humanity but the underlying thing the underlying theme is that we cannot come to another group and be kumbaya with white people or Asians or whoever until we're kumbaya with ourselves. Hello and welcome to Chasing Leviathan. I'm here with Noel Johnson and we are talking about how can music give meaning to life? Noel, wonderful to have you on the show. Um, thanks for being on. It's a huge pleasure, huge pleasure. I uh, really appreciate um, the opportunity to be on your show. Uh, so thank you and kudos. Great work that you do. Um, I think that, uh, you know, something that doesn't cross over quite as well on my platform is the, the philosophical pieces. And, and I love how you piece those things together in every conversation, no matter what you're talking about. So kudos. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that idea. I've started to put out just like that idea of the universal human experience. Uh, I think there's there are things that bind us all together as people. And in a time of growing division, I just I want to listen and hear what people have to say. So uh, I'm excited uh, today uh, to talk about uh, how can music give meaning to life and uh, to give you just the, the bare bones before Noel introduces himself. Uh, Noel is the host for the Record Spinner podcast, um, and he told me the three pillars are black vinyl music. Uh, his mm -hmm. copy on his website is he's a black uh, that uh, Record Spinner podcast is a black music commentary that takes listeners on a trip through the vinyl collection of a young jazz black music enthusiast. Each episode explores the wide world of music from the lens of a black liberationist. And really excited today because I feel like there's so much to unpack there. Um, Noel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sweet, sweet. Well, I'll start. Um, I, I don't want to start at the very beginning. I'll start with music. Uh, I fell in love with music very early on. Um, like a lot of people, music has played an extreme um, importance in everything, every aspect of my life. Um, from, you know, nostalgias perspective from you know the the entertainment perspective and and, and living life in a happy and, and meaningful way party atmosphere etc um and then of course you know healing mm. and healing aspect and uh and i think when i realized the healing power of of jazz um from the 60s and 70s mostly um that's when i really started to to take on the uh the the burden, I guess you could say, because it's not, it's not, a, it's not yielding a lot of fruit right now. But <laughs> you know, the burden of of talking about this music and how it's impacted me for sure. Um, I, I did that in two in two different ways because one, I did not see a lot of just regular historical pers like contextual perspective people um, who were black, who were talking about this music. A lot of people were DJs or were musicians themselves, if they were black, of course. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, you had the white historian, the enthusiast, and they would always talk about this through like a 
strict historical perspective like Louis Armstrong you know in 1928 like he did this and it was crazy like it's like okay great like but like how did that make us feel yeah how how did that make black folk feel during this time um and I think I, I approached that of course um in, in that perspective so th- th- that's really the two-pronged perspective of of the black side of of the vinyl music and of course vinyl being what you know it's all the rage now again right um in the music world so like you know talking about it like that so um and for our listeners who don't know um and i'll be honest i don't i've heard a few things but i don't fully understand it vinyl just passed uh cds and sales for the first yeah. time in forever in the last like couple of years yeah uh yeah. why why vinyls over <laughs> cd um why vinyls over um Obviously, most people are doing the uh, streaming thing now. Like, it used to be MP3s. I remember getting my first... You know, I I mean, I I was born in 1988, so I have experienced a continual fluctuation and evolution of what it means to have music, right? Now I'm just Mm -hmm. living with streaming all the time. But uh, talk to me a little bit about vinyl. Vinyl is so special, man. Uh, There's... I think there is a... There's an... There's an artistic expression for the the listener yeah. to be involved with in, in vinyl. So, and and that's two pronged. Like every, there's going to be a lot of prongs with my with my speech. I'm sorry about that. But it, prongs are fine as yeah. well. So. <laughs> You're <laughs> great, keeping it great. organized. I appreciate that. Instead of being like, <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than being like the Spanish Inquisition. It's like. Uh, let me make this point, and then there's another point, and uh, oh, surprise, a third point. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the prongs. I'm no, good, man. Yeah. yeah. Right up top, I'm going to tell you how many things I'm going to talk about, but <laughs> I'm going to try to keep them organized. I love it. Right? I love cool. it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, with with the artistic ex- expression that I think the um, the fans or, or the consumers of the art are getting um, yeah. or being able to take place in is with holding, of course, the physical touch of the record yes uh in the physical touch of the album artwork this is something that people have now turned into artwork in their homes they've you know they're hanging up and and, and framing um, which is which is all cool it's all great um, me myself I, I much prefer just holding it in my hand and, and and looking at the album artwork turning it over reading the liner notes um and then of course there's the manual nature of placing the actual record on the turntable this for a person like myself who was born to be a musician, but did not have the ability to play any instrument well enough to be a musician. Yeah, uh, it does create a somewhat of a, a, a relationship between you and the music that allows you to kind of take on the persona of I'm doing something here that is also musically inclined. So I, I think it's I think those are the two main pieces why why vinyl uh, is such an amazing and beautiful format of music. Um, and then you got all the extra stuff, right? Like the, the, the quality of the sound, the, 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 na- the, how it fills the room with all of this beautiful noise that you love, essentially. It's, it's, it's three-dimensional um, in many different regards. So, yeah, it's, those are only just a few yeah. of the reasons why vinyl so big. All right, I'm going to push you a little bit just because I, I want to know and I've heard Uh-oh. different things. But when you talk about quality of the sound, I have heard there's a big difference not a vinyl person myself my brother is he's 24 he has a mustache and a mullet but he's somehow cool and better looking than me i've just accepted that fact so uh, i mean he talks you know people talk about the warmer sound 
Uh, if you can just describe to listeners who are not familiar with vinyl, um, what, a little bit more of that three-dimensional sound. Is Are there any other qualifiers? What, what are we talking about here? That's that's a hard-hitting question right there. <laughs> and it's 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 hard-hitting because it's, it's a big one. Uh, yeah, three-dimensional is a great way to explain it, but it's much, it's so much more than that. When you put that needle down onto onto that record, there's something that happens. Mm. Of course, there's electro, there's electromagnetic things that are happening, scientific things that are happening yeah. to this record and to, to to the music. But there's a feeling that bursts. I think that does it doesn't have that same capability when you listen to it, even on Bluetooth. Nice Beats by Dre, Bluetooth headphones, Bose, whatever it is, you know, it, it's it's just not quite the same yeah so uh i think i think really it's that that warmth that fills the room um, allows you to experience every little tick in the music regardless of if it's uh if it's an instrument uh if it's an instrument issue a volume issue you'll notice little weird errors in and with the studio session sometimes with vinyl that's one of the weird little things that people like sometimes okay. is that those imperfections um you'll notice uh the the little hisses and and the pops and so for some of these for some of these uh for some people who like vinyl these are are, are places of nostalgia great nostalgia um hisses and ticks and pops and all that stuff so you know it's i can't describe it it's much bigger than it's it's on that it's on that god level thing and, and i hate to be that that weird guy that says that about a, a format of music oh, but no 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 I'm you're you're it. talking to the right guy <laughs> you're talking to the right guy so for me my first love you know obviously i got into philosophy but that was just a way of describing literature uh for me my mm. first love was literature and i've done a, a lot of digging into art in general so when i talk about music <laughs> it's generally it's from that art in general standpoint not a great musician I've done very low-level stuff with. Um, uh, I think I might have lost you there for a second. Um, oh. I've done very low-level stuff with uh, music theory. Okay. But uh, one of the things, and I, I think this is to help people understand where you're coming from, and I think it's a good way to set the foundation for this entire discussion. Um, have you read the book Freakonomics? I've heard of it. Yes, okay. But not, not, I have not read it. Yeah. So uh, there was a study done. Uh, the number one correlation between whether a kid would be a reader or not uh, was not whether his parents um, read to him. Uh, it's actually the number, or, or her, uh, it's the number of books in, present in the house. Number one correlation. Mm. And so for me as a literature guy, I have put a lot of effort into create into uh, collecting physical books. And everyone's like, why not digital? Because you don't have the same experience of picking up and seeing a book that, that uh, presses you to read it. Yeah. And it's actually very similar. Um, uh, there's a book called The Shallows about how the Internet has changed the human mind. And uh, if you read a book, you are constantly on the on your phone. You are constantly tempted to do things on your phone, uh, whether it's a notification coming in or it's uh, a footnote hyperlink that makes you click on it. 
it actually destroys your attention to what you're doing. And that sounds very similar to me to what you're describing. Um, If you're on your phone and you're on your phone to change it, there's that constant. It's even as you're talking about like music as an album, we've kind of lost that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a totally different thing, right? Music as an album versus music as a song. Uh, two and a, like I mean, even pop music in general tends to be two and a half minutes, and you listen to a lot of jazz, mm-hmm. and it's like this is a ten-minute live performance. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I think that's that's something I talk about, especially in early episodes, and I'll be revisiting these topics, of course, throughout the entirety of the show. Um, but this is something that the Record Spinner Podcast is is, is dedicated to talking about because it's essentially. Uh, we have a society that is getting more and more electronic. Yeah. This isn't a bad thing. This isn't necessarily bad. It's You can look at it a bad or good or indifferent, whatever. Um, but what we are doing is essentially making an art. We're disappearing a few different art forms, but one of those art forms is the art form of the album, the complete album, 12 to 15 songs in a body of work that is strung together by an artist that is putting their heart and soul into this, regardless of if it's good or bad, this is being destroyed and, and, and replaced for something that we consider um, or, or that we can label as playlist or one-offs or whatever you want to have it. And this is, this is a huge, this is a huge thing that the, the record community in general, in general is, is totally anti because in order to, you know, in order to fully enjoy a record, as you may know, just like enjoying a book, you know, you're going to have to turn every page. You're going to have to listen to almost every song unless you want to get up and turn and lift the needle up and skip the song. And, you know, skipping a song on a record is much different than skipping a song on a, on a, on an album on your phone or even on a CD. It's not just pushing a button. Yeah. There's a manual feature that goes on there. So, um, so all of this ties into to things that we talk about on the record spinner podcast as well. Love it. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and it just reminds me, uh, so my background uh, as I pursued, like, the philosophical side of literature um, is in hermeneutics, which is the science and art of interpretation. Uh, so one of the most important things for interpretation is context. And so the uh, the context of, like, listening to a song within an album, uh, the difficulty of skipping on a vinyl or of, um, you know, paging through to find a footnote, you know, is very different from the context. Uh, there's, there's a lot of contextual clues that you miss. And this is something that uh, our, our society, even going back to Descartes, uh, struggles with being uh, too focused on quantity over quality. So can we make something into a, a list of numbers that we can break down versus a continually, continually uh, kind of escaping infinite context um yeah and i i think one of the things that uh uh a cartesian or you know something from descartes analysis struggles with are the kind of like one of the things that philosophy in the 20th century really struggled with were ethics and art and because they're yeah, yeah, both they things that go ahead go ahead no, no, I was just going to say that those are two things they struggle with big time. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. And they, because those two things are things that require a lot of careful, particular individual attention to context. 
And uh, I, I, so I'm just trying to set the stage for what we're going to talk about next with music. Um, no, that's great. I, I want to add one one particular uh, note to that. And and with the with the record spinner podcast being what it yeah. is, uh, the the additional piece that I try to add to every episode is the intentionality of listening to the record. Yes, this is a big part of listening to vinyl, listening to any type of music. Um, we look at art forms. We look at all other types of. Uh, of of created pieces by artists or entertainers, et cetera, whatever you want to call them. Um, and we, we do focus a, a great deal on what is in front of us, say for a movie or a film, for example, right? We have to be almost fu fully involved in what's going on in that film, right? Or else we'll miss a good part, or we'll miss a detail, or we'll miss something that's important to the end of the movie. With music, we've we're destroying that that you you said context and there's context and there's the intent behind it. yeah uh, we're, we're destroying a bit of that by taking by extracting these singles right yes. these singles being the only thing we care about what's what's the best song on the record versus what's the worst song on the record when a lot of musicians are creating these bodies of work to be literally a movement of uh of one piece of music to a next piece, and, and it's a it's a single stream of consciousness essentially. But we're dividing it up and saying, okay, yeah, this song was great, and this song wasn't. So the Record Spinner podcast talks a lot about that stuff. So you know, we, I guess to kind of backtrack yeah. a little bit on what I said earlier, we do try to get into the philosophical pieces of the music, but just not at that at, at, into that detail in a, I guess, in so. a different way, and, and that's really yeah. valuable. Um, as we talk about art. Um, and what got me interested in philosophy was the truth value, or you could even say the meaningfulness of art. And so what's interesting about this whole discussion is how it transforms the art itself. So movies, uh, when you look at the billion dollar club, most movie critics would say that most of the billion dollar movie club are not great movies because they don't require a lot. They, most of the time, people who went to those kind of movies, you talk about like, Pirates of the Caribbean, like five, six, and seven. Those are in the business. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember going to see it. I, I literally, I mean, I went and watched no, I watched No Country for Old Men at home. And the first time I watched it, I could tell you almost everything about that movie, and I didn't fully understand it. When I Such went to the movie. theater, yeah, I, I love that movie. When I went to the yeah, theater, we can talk about it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but when I went to see, um, I don't even remember which one it was. I mean, this is literally telling you what we're talking about here. I don't remember which mm -hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean it was. I went and watched it. Does it matter? Yeah, you know, like oh, I feel like one do whatever they did were the same. It was the same temperature. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know. It literally was just pretty colors for your eyes because they knew people would be distracted, and the whole point was just to distract. So when you talk about certain types of music, they've been made not to be albums, but to maximize individual songs that will play on the radio. And so it actually changes the form. And so, the, I mean, this goes back to Marshall McLuhan talking about, like, the medium changes the form. So yeah. um, that, that's enough for me, though. I, I want to hear what you have to say. Um, I, I think that's a good way to kind of just what, – what, when we talk about the meaningfulness of music, how can music give meaning to, uh, to life, we're talking about something that isn't quantifiable. Because if it was quantifiable, you could just explain it and you wouldn't need the music. So yeah. tell me a little yeah. bit from a personal side, from a uh, you know music historian side. How can music give meaning to life? 
in a lot of ways. So societal for uh, for black folk, um, it's always been essentially a sanctuary, a haven, mm. uh, a place of rest, um, a place of rebellion, a place of um, inclusion, even uh, for for black folk. And we can take that all the way back to our arrival here on the shores of, of America, of course. Um, we can go, we can fast forward a little bit into the creation and the actual formal format, forming of uh, of the elements of jazz from the from the roots of you know what happens what happened on the plantation and what turns into gospel what turns into Dixieland et cetera et cetera et cetera um, we could get we could be academic like that yeah. and still explain the importance of music and and its importance to Black folk overall especially um, but for a lot of us it's very much more personal it's a personal experience and so I want to talk about that a bit for me it's almost all nostalgia. For me, uh, thinking about um, how music has the ability to heal and the ability to comfort, the ability to nurse um, us out of whatever situation or aid us in whatever situation we're in. I often think about like groups like the Asley Brothers or Curtis Mayfield, for example. Um, these um, Curtis Mayfield never got his flowers while he was alive, but this is a guy who you know who had tons and tons and tons of amazing amazing music uh, that goes on to you know score movies and and of course black exploitation movies which we can get into you know the controversy around that later or whatever if you want okay. um yeah but but essentially for me it's nostalgia it's it's an emotion that it aids and comforts in times of distress and and, and sadness and it's and it's one that keeps it, it holds your hand in moments of of beauty and in comfort like in in when you're feeling great about yourself, when you're feeling good, when you want to go out and dance, when you want to, you know, you can turn on some Rory, Rory Ayers, everybody loves the sunshine, any day of the week when the sun's out, and that song's going to make you feel amazing. You can turn on, you know, a song so sad as, you know, uh, Born by the River by Sam, Sam Cooke, and that song's going to evoke an emotion from you every single time you play that song, um, and it's going to make you, it, you have to, you so there's some days where you can't listen to that uh, a song like I was born by the river because yeah. it's like I I don't feel like feeling like this right now. <laughs> so, oh. but if if you're feeling like that already, then why not go ahead and take it to that level where you know you're able to channel that emotion and let all of those things out of your body. Music has that ability to kind of program us and get us into those emotions to allow us to freely express. It's it's almost like free therapy in my opinion. That's that's the, the best way I can put it in, in a in a quantifiable way. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting you'd call it free therapy um, because it's it, not free. yeah, like <laughs> somebody put a lot of effort into that, and yeah. it, it's interesting to me because I think this goes back to there's a science to psychology, but when you really get into it, there's a lot of differing opinions. People are complicated, you know what I mean? And so the idea yeah. that like people create music. Um, I mean, I have not heard Born by the River by Sam Cooke, but when you're talking about it, it I need to. Like, right, I'm writing things yeah. down. I'm like, yeah. going yeah. to listen what to this doing? after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, man, uh, I grew up independent fundamental Baptist, and I was taught that if you, uh, that rock music, they played it for a science experiment to um, plants, and it killed the plants. And so they're like, well, God is a giver of life. So if you listen to rock music, you're a terrible person. Hence the reason why I had to justify my love of literature, because I was like, this is really fun to read. And I kind of like, 
My, my friend gave me Led Zeppelin, and I was like, I don't care if this kills plants. This is really awesome. You know, like, <laughs> so for me, like, I came into music really late. Um, in some ways, I almost enjoy that because I, most kids my age weren't forced to listen to classical. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was kind of an interesting, uh, interesting move. Um, so instead of getting from uh, people I knew or my parents what I should listen to, I went to the internet because that was becoming big as I uh, came into my own as an adult. And so uh, the reason I I mentioned this is uh, I feel that connection. I love the song. Um, You know, it's like top 50 jazz songs of all time. That's the whole connection with the Mm -hmm. internet. Um, uh, Oh, shoot. Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday, Strange Fruit. That's okay. an incredible song. It reminds me song. exactly of what you're describing with Sam Cooke. I'm like, that's not the song that I'm just going to pull up randomly like at a party and be like, <laughs> Can't do oh, it. man, Can't that do song. You'll clear it out. Oh, You'll clear it out. <laughs> I mean, every time you're just like, well, now I'm very sad. Like, <laughs> You'll clear it out. Yeah, every time. So uh, that was just my, like, I'm trying to... Uh, create that connection there if that makes sense so that makes sense to me and that's a good great song to to add to that collection of of emotional uh moving music um but again i want to i kind of want to elaborate on that because people will say and and you said it kind of in in the front of what you said uh people are different and people are strange so like if there's an emotion that people don't want to evoke for whatever reason and and people want to kind of suppress a certain emotion you, you'll find that they only listen to a certain type of music, right? They, they may only listen to upbeat top 40, or they may only listen to upbeat, you know, death metal or whatever, you know? So they, you know, it's, it's, it's something where there is a flavor in there for literally everybody. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can choose what it is you want to get into, what it is you want to stay into. Um, and for, unfortunately, I think for, for the mass of, of folks, what we've chosen is just to allow, you know, um, people to feed us music. And that's been to a great detriment. I think we, we lose a lot of creativity that way. We lose a lot of amazing artists to just to the times, you know, just to the fact that it, you know, uh, they couldn't, they couldn't get their stuff on the radio or they couldn't get their stuff into the right hands. And so we lose a lot of amazing music like that. But, uh, if you're a fan of music, you, the, the first thing, of any type of music, whether it be top 40 or, or underground stuff, whatever, the first thing you know is that good music you're going to have to search out. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, and uh, every time I have, I, I had a uh, somebody on, she was an author, and we talked about how literature can contribute to meaning in life. Um, it's funny. Mm-hmm. She mentioned, you mentioned sanctuary. She mentioned great literature is a life raft for her. You know that, and mm. so that's something that's come up a couple times. So that's something mm. that forces me to like, okay, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. But uh, if in both cases, both with literature and with what you're talking about here, if I could, uh, and we'll, we'll hopefully end on this for the audience, allow yourself to be challenged, be- yes. because a lot of people are willing to stay at a certain place with music because they're comfortable. And I think that's not good for people in general. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree. And I would only add that if you feel as if the challenge is too much to bear, 
take your time with it. There's no measurement. There's no amount of time or you have the amount of time that you're given by whoever. Yeah. If you want to get into that, you have that amount of time to, to understand, to discover, rediscover all of the stuff that you wish to discover. I think that you, you make of that time, um, whatever it is, whatever you will make of it, but it, it's up to you. It's up to you to, to find what it is that you're really into, what it is that you really passionate about with this thing. Music is so wide. There's genres and sub genres for literally days, days. I mean, oh, music of all types that, uh, that, that speak to you in all different ways. Like that speak to yes. you on all different levels. Um, so I, I just think being patient with that because in our community of, of music heads and people who are really, really about this life, there's a, there's a FOMO about it that I think creates a whole different set of parameters for a lot of people where they're, they're just chasing stuff and they're not really consuming. They're not really understanding, getting the fullness of, or the richness of what they're, you know, it's like eating, um, like eating an apple versus eating fast food. Like the, you eat the apple and you take your time with the apple, you're getting all the nutrients and all of that good stuff. You eat the fast food. And a lot of that stuff is missing you. You're going to just, you know, you just let that out. And however you, you know, let that out, you're going to let that out. And so um, that's what FOMO does. It creates a a community where you're checking out John Coltrane because, you know, everyone else is talking about John Coltrane because it's his birthday, right? It's (laughs) like, no, like, you know, like slow yourself in. Because I I guarantee you, if you're doing this right, one of the things that you're going to, that is going to happen, and this has happened to me so many times where I will, hear an art about an artist or I will see an artist. Um, I will see, you know, their stuff all over Instagram or all over social. And I'll be like, man, I, I, I wonder what this guy's all about because it, it, everyone's talking about him. But there's two times where if I do it, if I go and chase it and I go check it out and I don't like it, I'll give it a little bit of time. But most of the time what happens is eventually based off of what I'm listening to at the moment, and then I go into, you know, listening to another artist that played on that same date or played with the same artist or whatever. I will eventually get to that thing that I thought I was missing out on. I will eventually get to it and I will enjoy it. And I guess, and the best part is that I will understand it. I will want to understand it. I will come with an open heart and open and open ears to be able to hear exactly what this artist is saying and try and translate it into my own way. Yeah. Because, you know, everything's subjective. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's, it's huge. It's a huge deal for me, this music stuff. And, um, and it's important to go at your own pace. That's it. And, uh, so it's come up a couple times. You just said, you know, it's all subjective. Is there anything universal about music and what would it be? And mm. can you com- compare or contrast that to what's cultural about music? Mm, good question. What's universal about music is interpretation and i think that that's a weird answer to that i'm sure uh, but it's i mean i'm down i'm down i like no. i mean that's like okay <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna try to i'm gonna try to get this out too so yeah yeah what's universal about about that interpretation is that it, it's all about it's all about perspective yeah, yeah, yeah it's all about the perspective um the artist is coming at this attacking this idea in the in the form of music, and they're doing that, and they're, inter- they're what they're interpreting as whatever. If it's love, if it's if it's hate, if it's uh, restlessness, uh, uh, comfort, whatever, whatever they're communicating is part of it's going to get lost. Yeah, 
onto the audience. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? So th that interpretation has to spread that pers those perspectives spread out and it becomes this, it essentially is the, the greatest, I think I, uh, the greatest uh, analogy of like, or the, of the multiverse or, or the universe, like the big bang. Like, right? Sure. Like you think about what, what this artist creates and then it, it, that's the big bang part, right? That's the point of impact. Mm. And after that, all these stars, all these different interpretations, you have, you know, all these magazines and all these social media sites and all these experts and all these enthusiasts who put their own interpretation on what this artist just did. And the artist is like, well, yeah, part of that is right. Part of this is wrong, whatever, you know? And so all, these, all these, all these stars, all these planets are created out of this thought. Yeah. This is a thought. This is a, this is a creative expression um and so i i think answering the first part of that question that's essentially the universalness of of the, of, of the music is that is humans the fact sorry that... i'm sorry go ahead no no go for it no, uh, no. like uh, the act of creation please. seems central it's very central yeah it. and that's universal yeah. to like humans want to create and then humans want All to interpret what other people <laughs> i apologize yes. for jumping in i was Really excited Yo, about that. Yeah, I, I love You cleaned that up for me yeah. because I'm sure someone was listening was like, I, I don't know where this guy's going. This guy just talked about the Big Bang no, Theory. No, no, I, I am trapped <laughs> with you. That, <laughs> that is, that's awesome. And I've never thought about using that metaphor and I can see it, right? You have these constellations that form out of this singular moment. And um, man, when you talk about the, the greatest works of art in many ways create these very diverse ecosystems right i mean yeah yeah think about that yeah and and those are the planets right these are these are your planets where you know you you're essentially on planet uh death metal or you're on planet you know you're on planet jazz and you know and, and it came from the, this creation of, of something that you know is it's literally now it's now that it's created now that it has a life of its own it, it no longer belongs to the artist hmm. you know it no longer belongs essentially to the person who created it um and and i think about that a lot of times in in reference to where we are and as society in regards to religion we have all these different theories and thoughts and philosophies about where we come from and who we are black folk in particular kind of tie into that whole the big bang theory right and i could talk to you about that if you would like but you know it comes from a certain uh aspect of the nation of islam and their okay their way of thinking their way of thought um and in their history their understanding of history and, and where we come from as as black folk um but saying all that to say that's that's literally what art is 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 us and, and you can interpret it however you want. You can have it however you want. It can, it, 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 it's going to serve you in whatever, um, in whatever way you so desire. Um, but essentially, once it's created, it's out of your hands as the artist. It's now a byproduct of the artist. That's it. Yeah, it's it's yours only historically. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, you piqued my interest. Talk to me about nation of <laughs> nation of Islam and the Big Bang Theory because I have never I have never heard those two in the same discussion. So that is well, it's not the, it's, it's not the Big Bang Theory, but it's a it's a, okay. it's a theory about how 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 blacks how how humanity started on Earth sure. essentially, and it has to do with billions and billions of years ago. Um, black folk come from a different planet, and of course, seed planet Earth. That's that's the synopsis. Okay. I can give you the long version. You may not like it. Um, I mean, but uh, you know it's it's nothing that I believe in because it is, uh, for me and this is why I dig a lot of what you talk about on your shows yeah. because you you do come at it with such a such a central perspective 
that's essentially who I am, especially yeah. when it comes to black liberation, which I'm sure is where you want to go with the conversation. Um, this is, I'm, I feel like I'm at the center of this. I feel like I'm at the center of the, 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 the movement. And there's so many different movements and, and, and groups that revolve around that. And I enjoy studying and, and learning about all of them, not just, you know, the one. Right. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a believer or follower of any particular group. Yeah. I like all of them equally. Yeah. I think if, you know. You know. So, yeah, that's where I am. Okay. Uh, no, I, 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 <laughs> I can't I can't leave it alone. This is, it. My, like, so I, for Nation of Islam, are black people mm-hmm. completely separate then? When they coming from a different or are they seated great, are they seated question. life on on Earth? Great question. They, so it's it, it has to do with this uh, this extraterrestrial being, uh, star dust, whatever you want to call yeah. it, coming to Earth, creating life. That's essentially us. Life goes on. Life for black people are here. They're there, and I hope I don't get in any trouble. No, with any, you, like no, Nation no. of Islam people. No, I'm thinking <laughs> oh, about no, my yeah. people right now. Like if these, if oh, like, like if I've never heard secrets, this. I'm like, excited to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live in D.C. The nation's huge here. So okay, I don't want to go outside and be like, you know, oh, you was telling all our stuff on this show. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I encourage you to look more into okay. it uh, if you're out there, if you want to look more into it. But, yeah, it's essentially black folk come here from another from another galaxy, essentially, okay. billions of years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, seed life. Uh, and then life progresses to get wider. Essentially, got it. Which I uh, know you're probably gonna that does to really trip you up. My my only my only complaint is <laughs> why do I have a one and a half foot vertical? I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> hey I, man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I played basketball since I was uh, kin- in kindergarten. I was always like my dad was a basketball coach, and it was just always mm-hmm. apparent that the natural talent was not there. So, and I know that's okay. not necessarily even a race thing. It was just like one of those things. I'm like. Sorry, Dad. Sorry. <laughs> well, at least at least did you have a did you have a good three pointer? No. no, nothing like that. Oh, oh. I, yeah, I have hey. literally. The only thing I ever had was good footwork, and that was just decades of. Okay. Yeah. No, it's bad. So uh, that's really fascinating. That's that's. Uh, sorry to know. Sorry to get off on no, that. No, I, no, I no, no. That's really. Uh, I, you know, I, I hope that's not offensive. I just was listening, and I'm, I'm just sitting no, there. I'm like, that's really. I've heard, um, you know, different theories about that sort of thing, and it's really interesting. Um, I mean, that's that's why I do this. I I love hearing entirely new um, interpretations of the world. So thank you for sharing. Um, No problem. No problem. And to anyone who gets... (laughs) Who is a little bit frustrated or upset or anything <laughs> I said? Just check out check out what I said. Google it or whatever. You can yeah and, yeah. and learn a little bit more. Because at the end of the day, what I encourage is uh, because and I'm going to say this here. Sure. I think this is a great place to say it. Um, I think one of the things that gets kind of washed up with Black liberation and Black groups uh, who who espouse or who support. Um, being what quote unquote free from white supremacy, I think what sure. gets lost is this replacement of white supremacy with black supremacy, mm. and I think that that's a that's a very detrimental thing to kind of uh, equate or antiquate, um, because what you essentially are saying is that uh, guilt by association. You're saying, oh, we're guilty of all this stuff, so if you you get into power, you're going to essentially do all of these things that we've essentially done to you, which is Total preposterous. We're, we've progressed entirely to 
in totality together as humanity, as humanity, we've progressed together. So I think those days of like retribution and all that stuff are way behind us. So I think when, whenever, uh, if, if, if white people are looking at any particular group, whether it be the 5% nation Moors or, or the nation of Islam, any group, Black Panther Party, who doesn't necessarily have a philosophy, more of a political, political social uh, structure, but whenever you're looking at these groups, try and understand, I think, um, that there is a level of respect for self that we're looking for. Yeah. Not a not anything of hate. There's not a level of you may hear, oh, yeah, white people are bad, whatever, or white people are evil, whatever. But what, what we're trying to communicate and in, in saying that, you know, is that we have obstacles against us and we need to su support ourselves, support each other. Yeah in essence, to overcome said hurdle. So that's what you're hearing. And right. that's the best way I can articulate it. Maybe I didn't articulate it that great, but I, I don't know. Well, so we'll see. One of my frustrations <laughs> with people who want to put things too quickly behind them is like people were, people were alive in the 60s and it, there were still laws on the books. Like um, literally my, uh, so we went through a time before the, our company took off where we did not have any money, just like life kind of mm. crapped on us. So my wife, mm -hmm. um, in order to do uh, free vaccines and to get uh, like, um, we, we just had a young baby. Very long story. I do not want to get us off on topic. Congratulations, yeah. though, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I have two kids now. He's four years old. But at the time, uh, we got a bunch of, uh, we got a bunch of welfare help. And she had to go mm -hmm. downtown Orlando and she's sitting mm -hmm. there and almost everyone around her is a person of color. Right. And mm -hmm. she's sitting there and she starts talking to an older lady, a uh, black lady who uh, tells her, yeah, when I was younger, there were no programs to help people of color. And the only thing they could give us uh, when there was problems, I mean, this is like 60s, 70s, right? The only yeah. thing they could give us when there were uh, hung there were hunger problems or shortages, they built pine boxes for our kids. And when I like, right. and that's something that like most, uh, I would not have experienced. I would not have heard about that unless I had gone through what I had gone through. And my wife is just sitting there. It's like we never had to worry about where our next meal was coming from. And uh, and that's something that people who are still alive today experienced. Literally, it's like, hey, the only thing we can give you are coffins for your babies. Is it, it, you can't you can't take that kind of hurt and just be like, well, we're just all okay now. Like it's just like that's not that's not the way to solve this kind of thing. So I appreciate you saying not retribution, um, but I think there are, we could talk about reparations, which is a different thing, right? And so, yeah, which is the big push nowadays from a lot of groups, from right. a lot of different groups. They're they're talking about reparations, which yeah. yeah and so, and and I appreciate what you said too. Not replacing white supremacy with black supremacy, because, and I, I feel comfortable just saying this because this is who I am, and this is the point of this show. I don't think the way forward is replacing um, oppression with a uh, state of oppression with a state of war. Where it's like, oh, yeah. it's white supremacy versus black supremacy, right? It's like, yeah. how can we take care of everybody? And yeah. I don't know if that, like, I, I just want to see, like, no. does that make sense? Am that's, I connecting with what no, you're that's, saying? No, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great point. And so 
with black liberation, for example, that's the, that's the phrase that's taken on, uh, throughout the, um, the, the black community now it's, it's kind of the, the new, that's the new term is black liberation and, and it's liberation yeah. from these ideas that, uh, we are in sense or, or in a sense, um, inferiors or, right. or, or under victims, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't look at, uh, what we've been through as, um, and entirely, um, something that we need to be ashamed of. It's something that we've, uh, we've, we've grown from and there are moments in that history like the Marcus Garvey pan-Africanist movement um it's it, black liberation is very closely tied to this getting off your off off of your knees essentially and and doing for self regardless of you know the pan-Africanist movement now isn't about going back to Africa physically uh but it is about returning to your origin or your 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 natural self spiritually and emotionally as much as you can under you know the certain circumstances that we have now um and i think all of this this ties into to i can put a nice bow on it by saying well first i have to say i'm not a member again of any organization so i don't speak on behalf of any organization just want to make that clear again just uh i get it yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. lone wolf lone wolf black guy (laughs) who supports all of this stuff right right right. uh, you know but but i do also want to say that you know um there's a there's a big there's a big confusion around these groups and i encourage people to actually go and look into what they believe because you'll be super super surprised um at how closely they are entrenched in american mm. in their americanness how closely they are entrenched entrenched in their um in their humanity and their oneness with humanity but the underlying thing the underlying theme is that we cannot come to another group and be kumbaya with white people or asians or whoever until we're kumbaya with ourselves mm. yeah until <laughs> we're, we're good with us yeah. and that's what that's that's philosophy that's a philosophical perspective no it's very true very very prevalent yeah yeah if you Inward, if you if you yeah you you have to uh you have to take care and make sure you're in a good spot um absolutely and uh yeah. and, and i love that what you said there um and i think this brings us full circle I love that you have challenged people to explore further. And I, and really the whole point of chasing Leviathan is we never just capture the truth here. Leviathan's too big for that. You're pursuing it, right? And mm-hmm. what, what you said there about go and check out these groups. Don't take other people's words for it because, uh, and this goes back to uh, literature. It goes back to music. Stop taking songs out of albums. Listen to albums. Don't take a soundbite and say, well, that's what Nation of Islam is all about. Like, you just gave uh, a minute-long description of what Nation of Islam believes, right? And it's like, that's Mm -hmm. a good place to start. Historical. Yeah, yeah. Go go read what they have to say. Don't just be like, well, now I know what they they say. You know, it's like, that doesn't... That doesn't help anybody, right? No, like, no. be willing to do to dig into the complexity. And so I, I love it because it kind of brings us back to like what music does is it music only works in its complexity. You can't isolate a single note or a single chord or a chorus, and you can't isolate a single song. You need to take it in its context and its corpus. So um, that's that's beautiful, man. That's a beautiful way to wrap it up. So uh, I hope so. <laughs> I don't want to. No, no. I, no. I hope that it's I'm connecting bit... with you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you are. You definitely are. Um, so, uh, talk to me about who you personally um, have found to give you meaning uh, through music. 
uh, what artists have been most important to you and why? I think uh, really um, I'm, I'm just coming out of this. Uh, there are a few artists who are extremely important to me in music. Uh, most recently, um, I've had the pleasure of really connecting spiritually with, uh, with Mr. Miles Davis. His attitude, his that ability to bring forth this just badass attitude that I don't care about what they think about me. That stems from a deep insecurity that he had. Um, that he was battling, you know, dealing with feeling like he wasn't good enough, but essentially turning that into a trope of, okay, I'm I'm the baddest motherfucker to do it. Yeah. And sorry to keep no, 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 you're, you're, you're good, you're good. Yeah. Cool, cool. But um, but yeah, I, I think his attitude, his swagger with uh, and that's what the kids call it now, right? Uh, his swagger with um, with his music was just uh, it, it still has yet to been to have been replicated, in my opinion. Some people say Kanye West is a is a good example of like the reincarnation of Miles Davis. I don't think Miles was that crazy. But, but, <laughs> I um... mean, any, anybody like I mean, when he put on uh, he put the jacket with the Confederate flag on, I was like. Yeah. Oh, you just you're just embracing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like holy crap! Like he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, care. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he ran for president, I was like, yeah, this guy, this guy, he's on one. He's oh on yeah, one. he's yeah. That, and I think that's when I stopped listening. I was just like, yo, he, this guy needs help. He's, he's not in a good place. He's not in a good place right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was. But the other guy. Yeah, go ahead. But there's another guy. Sorry, there's another guy sure. too. Um, and that is a rapper, uh, MC, uh, by the name of MF Doom. And so I'm unsure if people are very familiar with him and his work, but if you're not like the Nation of Islam, like the Five Percenters, all that good stuff, go check it out. Yeah. Um, MF Doom is essentially the he is he he let me know that it was okay to be go through things hmm. that essentially like and, and and for a lot of people he he let people know that in a musical perspective, yeah, right? like and and you know to to let yourself be vulnerable through, via the music, but for me. I'm not a musician again, so you know I'm just a person who likes to look at music and look backward, uh, very very far backward. Um, so for me, I took that and I took it as a challenge in, in everything that he had gone through, from the death of his brother that kind of spawned it, the, the, the character of the villain, um, to to the you know to him losing his record deal and essentially having to remake his whole persona uh, from scratch and doing so again to to be the villain, to be the bad guy. Um, embracing essentially the the outward um, look, the outward perception of you being the bad guy, but knowing essentially you're doing the good work, you're doing the work that needs to be done. Um, so I think philosophically, Doom has been the most inspiring to me, um, and has been to mo the most the most in line with where I am personally at this point as well. Um, to a lot of people out there, you're gonna look like the bad guy you're gonna if you let people tell the story sometimes you're not gonna be the good guy in other people's story you know um but if you tell if you get the chance to be on the mic tell the story from the villain's perspective from that person's perspective that they say you want to kill everybody you want to do all this bad stuff okay tell them why you want to do it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and just leave it at that so i mean i think that was the, the, the i'm so saddened by his uh, by his death right um, late last year and uh, I think he is he's sorely missed. But uh, but yeah, I collect a lot of his stuff as well. And so um, he's super inspired and inspirational to me. So, yeah. Um, so of all the artists you've mentioned, he's probably the one I've listened to the most. I, cool. I, I and that I think it's interesting. A lot of that comes from 
literally a Vox video because my wife loves rap and I was trying to understand it. <laughs> so I watched a YouTube video on it and I came from a background where I write poetry, didn't really understand rap, but I understand like that was my connecting point. Right. Yeah. And poetry, yeah. watching him rhyme entire bars is just mind-blowing to me literally yeah, right. one two he could do an a b or he could do an a a b b he could do literally the he could whole do it line any type of the way. whole yeah. line rhymes with the whole next line and that mm -hmm. just blew yep. my mind yep. um yep. and it reminds me of what you said earlier about um music i mean there's that sanctuary aspect like he is obviously working through and dealing with the loss of his brother um, and I, I have to confess, I don't know his full personal history, but I definitely feel that act of rebellion of twisting, deconstructing, and then restructuring, restructuring, uh, like the whole comics industry, right? He grew up with this. It is a predominantly, yeah. I mean, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, like you're like, these are all white heroes. And he just took it and he just made it something his own. And, uh, and it was, and it was awesome. Like, it's so much fun to listen Beautiful. to if you grew Beautiful. up with comics, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how much, how many times have we as fans of comics and actually the funny part is I'm not a big comic guy. So like that wasn't the appeal to me right, right, right. for doom. It was literally like the way he rhymed was just like, I had never heard anything like that before in my life. Yes. It was just so weird. I, I remember like it was yesterday when I found the guy, I was in high school. I was like. How in the hell is this guy not like on the radio, like on a couple of billboards? Like, yes, like this is just something that's out of this world. Anyway, I say that. To say no, 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 that, I'm talking uh, with you. Yeah. For, no, for the for the comic book side of things, though, I think the the main importance is how many times have we looked at a comic book, the, the comic book universe and identified in some way, shape or form with the villain? Yeah. How many times have we looked at the comic at, at a comic strip or even a comic movie I'm, I'm thinking about now like killmonger and the black panther of course like that was a, a big movie for black folk. yeah yeah so like and 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 black folk by and large were like yo like killmonger was actually the hero <laughs> like panther wasn't the hero. Can, killmonger uh, was the hero. Yeah, like like at like, the end he does exactly what killmonger says they should do and i was like <laughs> i mean i like the movie but you're like Kind of feels like you should have just made him vice president. I'm just, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. But it goes further back for me even. Like you look at like you know other, you look at other um, uh, villains. You look at the Joker. You look in the Batman series, yeah. right? And how many people can identify with that, right? And then you you have a movie, a whole movie now dedicated to his his becoming a villain yeah. and how that happened. Yeah. And like it's like that makes so much sense. Like, yeah. If all of this stuff happens to a, uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not saying he's mentally fragile or mentally ill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if all this happens and you're and you're not, you're mentally unstable. Of course, of course. Like who get blamed? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. All of us. We're all walking around like three events away from being becoming a Joker like character. And so I think that again, that villain aspect, and not saying that the bad guy's good or the bad guy's right, but just saying that the perspective—it actually goes back to my my original point about the perspective of music yes. being the central point of music. Um, that being something that is so lost on us today, but has to be something that is so—it has to be rediscovered, yeah, because it's so important um, to what music is really about. That perspective, like understanding that, like. 
okay, you can think whatever you want about this guy. You can think about whatever you want about his art. But if you're listening to what he he expects you, he or she expects you to listen yeah. to, you're going to take something from it, whether it be positive or negative. Yeah. And your job is to now take that and turn it into whatever you want to take it or whatever you want to interpret it to. So that's that's really what it yeah. is, man. Yeah, like our art creates a central location where we can meet and create empathy, where I can connect with somebody else and be like, okay, we might disagree about these things, but we can connect here. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because I actually, I wasn't a big comics guy growing up. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, like I said, like the poetry and like you, the it's disgusting what he does rhyming. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, and it's just, you look it's at it, you're like, look, you can disagree with the guy, but the guy has talent. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pure tech, it's a pure technical thing. That's how it started. It. Right. And, and when I started getting into his bars and unpacking yes. what he was saying, it was like, for me as a, as a black liberation, yeah. says, that's the thing in the show too. Um, I started to unpack a lot of what he was saying. And I'm like, yo, this guy's on to something yeah. too. Like this guy. And I mean, he's, He's off in a lot of places because he's really deep into some conspiracy wormholes and rabbit holes. But he's also he's really he's he's on point in a lot of places. And I think, um, again, that that perspective, being able to understand like, oh, like, yeah, okay, I disagree with this, this and this. But like this, I can actually take this and turn something into this or or make something positive out of this and and make it, you know, a part of my my personal philosophy moving forward. You know? Yeah, absolutely. so we've talked a little bit about hip hop. What's special about jazz in particular? You said those are the two genres you seem to focus on. Not seem to. Yeah. You, those are the two genres you focus on. I'm not like you seem no, to okay. focus on. No, <laughs> I, talk, I, talk, I talk like that too. I talk like that too. So it's like I'll be hearing myself yeah. back. I'm like, what? Like, I seem. <laughs> yeah, do. yeah. Like I talk about. <laughs> uh, so talk to me a little about. Um, yeah, it's funny. You're like, uh, you know. Oh, I don't know if it's okay. You're. You're fine cussing. Like, if we're going to talk about Miles Davis, like, you're going to talk about Bitches Brew. Like, I mean, there's going to yeah. be some cussing, yes. some cussing involved, right? But talk to me about why jazz uh, is important, why it's unique uh, to you, and why you think it's important for the culture at large. Jazz is important for a few different reasons. Uh, that's a great question, first of all. Jazz is important uh, because, one, it's not, it's not even called jazz. It's not even supposed to be called jazz. Jazz is a, is a Western term that's been placed on the music, right? Um, I, I call it, personally, I call it Afro-American classical music, which still all are Western word, words. Yeah, right? so it's yeah, like, yeah. Okay, you, re, you replace a Western word with a whole bunch of Western words. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, that's, that's white supremacy for you, right? You, you think you've defeated it, and then it's like, oh, actually, just... just made something nicer with it. I, 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 I anyway. hate to interrupt. I, I just, it reminds me no, so much of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, it was one of Trevor Noah's first, I think it was his first Netflix special. When he's talking uh-huh. about his, like, uh, he had his first Thanksgiving coming from South Africa. And it's like, uh, he's like, oh, and this is like about uh, like yeah, you being with this. the Indians. And like, no, 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 yeah. we call them Native <laughs> Americans. He's like, who decided that? It's like, well, we did. And that makes you feel better. It's like, yeah. I'm like, what? And like I said, I was like, yeah, yeah pretty sure they yeah. didn't come up with that. It's yeah, ex- it's just it's exactly, it just feeds ex- back and, into the system. Yeah. And I, and I say that because there's a big debate brewing in the jazz community about calling it jazz music. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's been one that's been around jazz musicians for a long time. Yeah. But now it's become, it's become something that a lot of the fans and enthusiasts and patrons of the music have started to, like, kind of involve themselves yeah. in. And it's one that's uh, – it's, it's not – I don't want to demean it. 
but it is one that's a little silly unless we're going to come up with a, a Swahili word or, or, or a twee word yes. to like kind of define the music because unfortunately all, all of our words are Western. All of our words are English. So, right. Like you know, it's like, yeah, yeah it all makes of our sense. Words are yeah. English. So it's like, so, and, and I get it. Like if, it, if it's a, if it's a way of def- defaming or, or belittling the music of jazz, then sure. Like let's change it to something a little bit more suitable. Black classical music is again, that's, that's mine, right? Like, Afro-American classical music, that's what I call it. But, like, let's not act as if, like, you know, all of these words aren't, you know, in some way, shape, or form set up against what the larger goal is of, of Black liberation. Um, but in, I, I digress. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm of Black yeah, liberation yeah. for the day. <laughs> but what I want to talk about uh, it, for for jazz, for me, it, it's so many important pieces. I think the most the most important being that this is, I think, the first time you see... Uh, a black music um, cultivated in this type of way, meaning that it's it's brought for, it's brought to the center of essentially American culture. Yeah. Um, and what happens with that uh, is, of course, it goes through a few iterations, right? Like it goes through that iteration where it's brought to a, a white Americans by, uh, you know, they take a Miles Davis or not a Miles Davis, but they take a, you know, they'll take a jazz, a big jazz cats record, like a Dizzy Gillespie or, or, or a Louis Armstrong. They'll take one of his records and they'll make white musicians perform it. Right. And they'll, then, and then they'll put it yes, out. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and white people will like it, but it's like, they'll, they'll also see it's like, huh, this ain't exactly what we heard when we went to the cotton club in Harlem, but you know, yeah. okay, we'll take it, whatever. Um, so yeah, it, that, it's, it's literally the, one of the first, and, and I'm saying this totally knowing that there are other contributions to uh, the American lifestyle that blacks have contributed. But I think one of the most, one of the first major yeah. um, as, as artistic forms that we've, uh, that we've given to the, the American public um, so I, that's really the big part for me. And, and, I, and I, another big piece of that is just understanding and having black folk understand and, and younger black folk understand that this isn't highbrow music. This is this was these were the club bangers yeah. when they when they were making this music. This is what they were going to the clubs listening yeah. to. This is what they paid to see. So I, I get that it's it's kind of fossilized and crystallized now because you know that's what music that's what everything yeah, yeah, yeah. ages. It becomes older, or whatever. But I, I will not allow um, I will not allow us to to you know fossilize jazz music and make it something that is for rich white people yeah. or old white people or old black people or whoever. No, this is our music. Yeah. We have a lot to learn from it because it created a lot of uh, it created a lot of avenues, and that's the final point: is that creation of avenues of self-expression. Yeah. What happens in the '60s and '70s with jazz music, in, in particular, and this is my point of real focus for the podcast and point of focus in general, yeah. collection, all that stuff, is black musicians find a voice in this music, and they find it in many different perspectives. And what happens is they go on to take ownership of their music. They don't, they go on to take ownership of the art. So you think about a kid like Nipsey Hussle, right? Nipsey is a, he's a, he's a big name, uh, or he, before he passed away. So rest in peace, but his philosophy comes straight from what some of the jazz cats were doing in the sixties and seventies, taking that art and saying, we're not going to just give it to this record label to distribute and put out themselves while they get fat and we get, you know, the pennies off of it. 
oh, we're going to do the whole thing. We're going to do the whole shebang. So, like, you know, you got G.G. Grace that, you know, kind of started, that led the charge in that in, in the 50s. And then you t you took, you know, that took a whole life of its own with Weldon Irvine and a whole bunch of other jazz greats that, like, really set the stage for music moving forward. Not just jazz, but music in general moving forward uh, to become a piece of the artist's, or the artist's legacy and ownership and in creativity so those are the those are the real big pieces of why jazz is so important to me if it wasn't for jazz i don't think we would have um hip-hop uh, certain levels of pop um certain levels of you know of underground all underground music would really technically wouldn't exist in my opinion yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's super important for that. Oh, it shows up in so many different places, even to the point where like people think like, um, more impressive lo-fi hip hop has like jazz chords in it, which is kind of embarrassing. Mm -hmm. They just like add a couple chords and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I, you know, uh, if anyone is hearing this, um, particularly my white audience, I don't think I obviously I'm talking to them, but, um, I mean, we oh, talk man. about like, they're probably mad at me too. No, 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 no. I think this I is wanna... so helpful. Like as you're talking about like the white masking of black creativity, I mean, Elvis, um, well, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. just taking gospel and, and making it palatable, if I can use that yeah. term, yeah, yeah. uh, at least Eminem was more self-aware. I was going to say yeah. him. I was gonna he's say more self-aware, right? Like he literally writes he's without not, me. Not. He's like, I did what Elvis did. You know, like, that's why I love Eminem over Elvis is like, he's like, I know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> no, Eminem is, Eminem is real culture. I have to say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I have my issues with the guy, but he's, he's real culture. He's not, a, he's not a, I don't think he's in the same vein as well, I mean, the reason is because he gives credit to black artists. Would you say that's like, yeah, yeah and that's a, like yeah, yeah. Elvis that's a big, did that's not care who he stole from when he took. Like, but okay, we're, all right, now we're getting in. Yeah, like <laughs> it's true. Well, he did. It's he really true. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so um, awesome. I, I'm going to ask uh, just a purely, um, and and then I'll ask you. I'm going to ask you two questions. Uh, one to wrap up, but before that, a purely self indulgent question. Ooh, um, love those. I have really started to enjoy Snarky Puppy. I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with them. I mean, I assume you would. Yeah, bit, I assume yeah, yeah. you would be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, as you see um, this music going forward, what do you think about things like jazz fusion? What do you think about something like Snarky Puppy winning Grammys? That sort of thing. Just uh, I'll leave that pretty open. But what do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's an open one. It's good. But again, it. it I think it's good if it's if it's widened. So uh, when you when, with Snarky Puppy, you know you get you get the Snarky Puppy playlist, and you get these people who are into now they're into this jazz fusion, this like cool smooth stuff, um, and and but they kind of forget they may forget about groups like Bad Bad Not Good, right? Like you may not you may not know about them, right? Like they they may go under the radar when they are literally almost the exact same thing, but in my opinion, better. And that's no shot. That's Snarky Puppy, <laughs> uh, but. But you know, like you, you could look at something like that, and you can say, uh, you can say it's good for the music overall, which which I'm in agreement with. I think as long as it's getting more people involved yeah. in in the instruments and jazz and then jazz fusion, because jazz is all about evolving. Just like bossa nova, bossa nova means new wave, right? Jazz essentially, I mean, if you want to cut it, cut the you know white supremacist definition of it out, essentially it's just 
it's just that new that new stuff that new music so it's always moving so you know like if it's jazz fusion now uh i heard of a new term recently uh called um future that's just yeah, the, yeah. that's the new there's a new genre of music now called future and so i'm like yeah like it makes sense like okay like if we're gonna keep progressing as humanity this stuff is gonna obviously take on new forms and become different and 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 take old bits of the old stuff from the old world just like you know the the westerns did when they came to the new the new world right like we're gonna take old bits of what what the old stuff happened what what the old stuff had to offer and then we're gonna kind of create a new we're going to spin a new web with that and that's in my opinion that's beautiful that's just me speaking for me i think that's that's what music is all about that that furthering what so one of the weird things i'll say here about miles davis and and i forgot to say it back there is that's why he's his attitude in addition to him always being forward looking was that's another piece that i've always admired about him while other jazz musicians were like really focused on like making the best the best bop and post-bop music miles davis was like nah actually and i'm gonna i think i'm gonna create a new genre and not saying he didn't say it like that obviously but like he he said it through his music yeah, like, yeah. i'm gonna push the limits i'm gonna push the limits i'm gonna toe the line and and, and create a whole new thing that may uh that may get me shit canned for it but like i could also you know i can also find something new here that people may really enjoy yeah and he goes on to push the limits by introducing, you know, uh, a jazz fusion with an album that you that you mentioned, Bitches Brew, yeah. which was kind of that album that pushed that limit in, in 1969. And it did such a, no one had ever heard of anything like that before. Yeah. Like all these different instruments playing together in, at the same time, and they all doing their own little thing. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And so... He he, he, saw, he had that vision to, to see that, though. And so I think with groups like Snarky Puppy, it's, it's all good. As long as homage is being paid to uh, the originators, the creators, the, the people that who who paved the way for, for this music to be what it is. Yeah, and I love that. I love how it connects. When I asked you earlier about uh, how is you, uh, music universal and how is it cultural, I think that active oh, yeah. creation... And that recreation, because we're never purely original. We're working within our context. That's Always. that's exactly what we're talking about here. How is music universal? It's con- at the continual act of creation. How is it cultural? It's within a culture. And so even with uh, Miles Davis, he's reacting to a certain culture. Even when we talk about, uh, is it bad, bad, not good? Like I said, it's yeah, a self-indulgent yeah. question. I wanted another band recommendation. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, you know, uh, snarky puppy. Check them out. You, you see these these people who are continually just pushing the envelope, doing something different. You know, future whatever that is. And we see what's universal about music is that people feel the need to continually create and then create these constellations, as you described it, which I loved. And mm-hmm. then, um, but that's what's cultural about it is it exists in a certain time and place, which also makes it unique. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you had to leave us uh, with one, um, or yeah, if you want, if you want to make two or three points, that's fine too. But if you could sum mm-hmm. all this up, how would you sum all this up? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Black liberation does not mean anything about uh, white annihilation. I guess uh, that was like the front end of that conversation, right? Um, and, you Much know, appreciated. Open-minded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be open-minded. First of all, we couldn't even do like I mean, you, there's all, yeah, not in this country. We couldn't do that. Anyway. <laughs> we wanted to, 
But um, but but yeah, there's. Uh, I would encourage people to check out groups that they may not understand fully, or groups that they may have questions on. And you know who those groups are. You know who those groups are. Deep down in in your head, you you may feel some type of way, but you just don't understand um, their perspective, and you want to kind of get to know more. But maybe you're a little embarrassed, or a little ashamed that you don't already know more. Check it out, man. Check it out for yourself. That's what Google's for. Quick. Yeah, Google is literally for that. And I mean, now you know. With with everything that's going on, Google, you know, and all the conspiracies about what Google's doing, like, you know, don't use that to be, you know, so one dimensional. Right, about, right, right, right. Yeah, don't don't just click on the I'm feeling lucky. Go to the first result. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't try do that. Duck, yeah, duck, yeah. Go. Do, some, do some digging. Uh, I would say try Bing, but there's that whole meme about Bing is always like the really violent <laughs> version. But <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, Bing is Bing take is the time. <laughs> Take the time to dig in and understand the complexity of what they're saying. Uh, and I think that is something yeah. that's missing from our culture right now. And I really appreciate you yeah. kind of mentioning that. No, no. So I had to mention that at the top because I think yeah. I, I didn't want, I don't want anyone to walk away from this, not hearing what I'm saying and not hearing my voice because of that part of the conversation. You were like, oh, you mentioned the nation of Islam. He mentioned the 5% nation or he mentioned white people were bad or whatever. So, so yeah, I mentioned that really quickly but the other part is that music is universal and it's universal love uh, hmm. regardless of however you want to divide it break it up the interpretation the, the the perspective the breakdown of of you know how we look at it what the creation of it means um what the create how the creation of it starts and and it takes a life of its own or whatever um music is music is the universal love it's a universal love language hmm. and um it's it's the most yeah to me it's the most beautiful art form that we that humans have it's it's literally it's shown me that we are not all bad like i mean humanity yeah 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 like white or black here i'm talking about humanity yeah we are not as fucked up as we think yeah we're actually really awesome people because of music (laughs) you know yeah um and then the third piece is i mean man like i don't know like i would say kudos to you in the show and thank you for having me on um i think the third point would have to be i'm so honored to be a part of the show and so honored that you asked me some really awesome in-depth and you didn't hold you didn't let me hold any punches and you you didn't hold any punches so i I really appreciate you you know showing that because a lot of times we can we can kind of be guarded with stuff like this, especially with platforms that we sure. have. You know, we can be guarded. But I really appreciate you taking a taking a time and having me on, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure, Noel, and uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you.